0: Good morning, afternoon, or evening, whenever you're listening to this. It's Saturday, April 11th, and you are listening to Not Half Bad, the podcast that's now in the off-season but normally, and still talks about St. John's and Rutgers basketball. I'm Norman Rose, one of your hosts. You can find me at Rumble in the Garden, also at Bias on Twitter.
1: Hey, I'm Dave, and I'm trying to find the St. John's hashtag here to send out a tweet. Um, I am... S-J-U-B-B. Thank you. I keep thinking it's S-T-J-B-B.
0: Um, That's the old one.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, uh, I'm Dave. I cover Rutgers at OnTheBanks.com. And here we are recording.
0: So Woo! we've got a couple of listener <laughs> questions. We've got a, a number of uh, exciting happenings around both teams. Really, mm. really. I'm telling you, there's something exciting happening around Rutgers. There is, a little bit. and uh, But really, we're just going to punt all of that and talk about Justin Bieber, Daredevil, and, um, I don't know, the, the the migratory patterns of swans. Daredevil's awesome. Daredevil's pretty cool. I, yeah. I haven't finished the first episode yet, but so far it's it's very interesting how they're placing it within the Marvel Universe and within, like, uh, something that kind of works for yes. what Hell's Kitchen has become. Because uh, for those of you who don't know, the, the superhero Daredevil, created in the, in the 60s by Marvel...
1: They're going to be so pissed. <laughs>
0: Oh, it's the off-season. This is what happens in the off-season. You get conversation about Daredevil. Anyway, Daredevil, you know, blind superhero, well, kind of superhero, uh, created in the 60s. Anyhow, but anyway, basketball. Sorry. So, um, some of you who are listening to this may have heard that there is some interesting news around St. John's. They went to the NCAA tournament. No, that's not the big news. Uh, yes, they went to the NCAA tournament. They got bounced in the first round, a.k.a. second round. Hold oh. on,
1: hold on. Breaking news. Breaking news. Uh-oh. I just got offered a scholarship by St. John's.
0: We have to get there. I wanted you, I wanted you to, to, to be able to break that, you know, as we were oh, talking you want about to the scholarship. Be a oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, okay. Dave, you're just ruining things, man. Sorry. Ruining things. All
1: right. keep going, keep going. Sorry.
0: All right. So, yeah, so there was a first-round knockout. And then afterwards, there was a holding pattern. And in that holding pattern, there was talk about Steve Lavin getting an extension, or maybe being out, or getting an extension. The news went back and forth. Hold on,
1: hold on, hold on. Breaking news. Breaking news. My son, Ben, just got offered a scholarship by St.
0: John's. And then (laughs) St. John's decided to, or St. John's and Steve Lavin decided that they could not come to terms. Oh, or so however, however you want to place it. Um, and uh, shortly afterwards, Chris Mullen was uh, announced as the new coach. Basically took a weekend. And they <laughs> called him on the Friday that Steve Lavin left the job. Wink. Wink. Yeah.
1: yeah. I, I think it was another word that starts with F. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, it's a...
1: It wasn't a Friday, but it was a time period. Oh.
0: <laughs> There's a... um. You know, real talk, we all know how these things go down. They don't go down as smoothly as that. It's not like, you know, you can call somebody up on Friday and be like, hey, I know you're working with the Sacramento Kings. You want to drop that, come to New York? I'll give you an hour or two to think about it and then start reaching out to people to to see whether it's feasible. Okay, Hold on, hold on.
1: Breaking news. My neighbors, the entire family, just got offered scholarships by St. John's.
0: Really? What What yes, are their abilities?
1: I, I don't know. I oh. don't know. I'm just seeing it. It's popped up on Twitter. Thank God I found that hashtag. Man,
0: Twitter's filled with rumors. <laughs> filled with rumors. So, <laughs> Chris Mullin comes in, quote-unquote, wins the press conference, whatever that means, Ugh. and uh, hires uh, Matt Abdel-Massi, who from uh, Iowa State, who's a St. Anybody, St. John's grad. Anybody who rolls out,
1: you know, brings Karnaseka with them, to a press conference is winning the press conference. They and could have hired comes me. To all the press as conferences. As long as Carnasecca was there, Carnasecca the was at Lavin's press conference. Fawned over, yeah, and I'm sure Lavin won the press conference too. He did win the press conference. Yeah.
0: I'm sorry. Anyway, who'd they hire? Um, some fellow named Chris Mullen, NBA no 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 no, no. The, the
1: assistant. Sorry.
0: Oh, Matt oh. Abdelmassi. He's a, a St. John's graduate, uh, former St. John's team manager uh went to work with Fred Hoiberg with the Minnesota Timberwolves, then went with him to Iowa State as uh uh you know, one of not, not one of the four assistants, I think he was like a video coordinator or something, and moved quickly onto the bench after a year. And uh he's become uh, quite a name in recruiting circles, a real shark out there. So yeah, he was the first guy that uh that Chris Mullen brought back, which was great first hire. Uh we'll talk about some of the other guys that Mullen is supposedly looking at. But Mullen and Abdelmassi, <laughs> ha-
1: sorry, I thought we were talking about players. Never mind. Go ahead.
0: Mullen and Abdelmassi um, hit the ground running, and they ran hard, and they reached out to many players, including apparently Dave's family. Everyone. Dave, I hear your wife was offered a scholarship.
1: Breaking news. <laughs>
0: <laughs> my wife, oh, my wife said the- she wasn't interested in playing anymore. She's quit. Ah, uh... yeah. She's had um, of official visits. Yeah, no, no, no. She doesn't want to play any men's basketball. But my son, I don't know. You know, he might be a look for the future. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, yeah. So they, they have reached out to a number of players, including local Raul Alkins uh, and a few other top-notch guys in the area. And then, Everyone. And then a bunch of other younger players in the area. I think it's pretty cool. Even, oh. even if Dave seems to find this uh, excessive, but it's great PR <laughs> and it Every lets people know that it's interesting.
1: interesting. Every three seconds. So and so's been offered a scholarship by, does the guy even know what basketball is? It doesn't
0: matter. Mullen offered him a scholarship. These are top guys, man. These aren't just just. Top men. No, guys. Boys. They're top boys. Top boys.
1: I was, I was
0: just doing the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh. Top. See, I, I, I missed that. Sorry. My bad, yeah. Uh, this is not half bad, where <laughs> sometimes I miss a Raiders of the Lost Ark reference. Top men. Top. Top men. So, yeah, so there's a, there's a lot of action around St. John's, and it's very exciting. Uh, yeah. We'll talk about, you know, Dave is a little salty because there's less action around Rutgers, and I think he has some questions about, whether this is a good hire or all of that or We'll get to that. Or I I don't know what he has questions on. Maybe maybe he's just sad. Yeah,
1: we did, we didn't spend an hour texting back and forth the day of the press conference.
0: <laughs> no, no, we, did, we we did no such thing. We were working. Yeah. No, it was it was after work. Oh, was it? Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So let's talk about Rutgers. Ah, <laughs> oh, Rutgers. Uh so the Rutgers has a basketball team,
1: right? Yes, That's the thing. Yes, yes. Okay. Um in uh the time honored tradition of Rutgers basketball, two players have transferred out. Um uh Eddie Jordan's uh Nikasa
0: uh, Kermit Okoro, who probably Okoro. isn't really playing very well at this level.
1: No. Um he'll probably have to go down a level to um uh uh you know, actually because he's a senior too, so yeah, he, he can't would just uh, go to Monmouth? He, uh no, he can't just go to Monmouth. Well, he'd have to sit out a year.
0: Oh. Mm.
1: Yeah. So uh, they, they think he'd probably transfer down a level if he wants to play next year.
0: And by the way, I should point out for listeners who aren't in the know that recent NCAA rule changes mean that you can't transfer for hardship reasons and play immediately, which was always kind of a stupid rule. Uh, but you can if you're a senior and you're pursuing a graduate degree somewhere else. That rule is still in place.
1: Yeah. Is it in place next season, too? Yeah, Congrats. yeah, yeah. yeah that's, okay,
0: that... I had heard a rumor
1: that it went away, but I didn't think that was true.
0: I haven't heard that. I mean, I'll look into that, but I haven't heard that that's going away. Get on that, Norman. No, you get on this. <laughs> All right, so Kerwin's
1: gone. Um, it was apparently mutual. Um, he, um, His claim to fame was when the transfer hardship rumor uh, waiver was in play. Um, he transferred the Rutgers after his father and brother died in the same season. He was at Iowa State um and his father and brother both died during the season and he transferred back to be close to home and he didn't get the waiver at first and like dick Vitale and jay billis and people like that flipped out on twitter and he ended up getting the waiver um he hurt his knee kind of took some of his explosiveness away and he didn't play much uh and now he's gone
0: he's freeing up a scholarship um sounds like oh. the omari La- lawrence story kind of you know I don't know if yeah. you remember Omari Lawrence. He was but, the guy who was yes. uh, who was a physical uh, attacking wing who just, on the college level, just, I don't know, it wasn't like, wasn't that good. Or, you know, he did get kind of hefty and needed to work out a little bit more. But, you know, he just didn't have the explosiveness needed to play the game that he had, and he didn't have the skill to cover that up, so.
1: Right. Kerwin, um, by all accounts, is a great kid. Um, good chemistry piece, you know. Played a role off the... Off- off the court with the team, but just didn't work out. So he transferred out. Um, and Eddie Jordan's first recruit ever, junior junior E2, um, sophomore who, uh, you know, was a top 150 player, I believe, uh, kind of like really kind of started the Jordan era on a nice note. Um, he decided to transfer um, this year too. He had lots of uh, – I don't know. They left him. He, there were a lot of issues with Junior, it seemed like, this year. They left him home uh, during a road trip as a discipline issue, you know, because he wasn't buying in to what the coaches were selling him. Kind of really looked good when he made his cuts to the basket, but um, most of the time kind of hung out at the three-point line and, and jacked up some threes. Just never seemed to get in the flow this season, and uh, he decided he to transfer. Okay. Um. Just really time honored tradition at Rutgers transfers. <laughs> um, what is interesting about E2 and Okoro transferring? That means everybody Jordan recruited to fill in the mass exodus after the Mike Rice incident um, that he scrambled to fill that class. Everybody he got is gone.
0: That's tough, though. I mean, it's it's hard to. I think those scramble it, those scramble sessions that that coaches have. You never know what you're gonna get. You know, I, you, you get the guys that you can, and often you're getting guys who are, you know, maybe not, you know, maybe not quite what you should be, um, what you what you would like. You know what I mean? Right.
1: It's it's really interesting because uh, it's almost like you have to, you can't do it in the record books and stuff, but you almost have to just not count that first year for Jordan in a way. You know what I mean? Because he scrambled. Those weren't his players. I mean, it's that's not gonna work on the recruiting trail. Um nobody's gonna believe that. But in a way it's it's the only way it works. It makes this rebuilding so much harder. Yeah. For Jordan. It's not like when um Lavin came in and he had uh 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 what's his name? The previous coaches uh Norm Roberts you know, is like in
0: senior class or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And he might have lost a player or two in the offseason, but he didn't have to scramble and fill a whole team. Well, Jordan walked Jordan tough. walked in and had four scholarship players. Yeah. And one of them transferred on him, and he re-recruited two others. They're all gone now. You know Too what I mean? I mean? It's work. I mean,
0: it's a hard thing to step into. And when did he get the job? In May? Yeah, like late
1: April, early May. I mean. Because the, the, the Rice thing happened on, like, April 13th.
0: I mean, I would say, and we can talk about this later if you'd like, or later in the summer. I mean, I would say that Eddie Jordan's probably getting a little bit of a hot seat going on. Um, yeah. I don't know if you, if, you, if you would say so. But I mean, from from an outside observer, I would say, yeah, this guy's uh, probably kind of on the hot seat. But he also stepped into a really hot seat, and that's, and that's problematic. You know. He, he could
1: end up being the the bridge guy. You know, he calmed the waters after the rice thing. And now he's going to take, you know, five years or whatever and be the bridge guy and settle everything down. Um, I I think a lot depends in terms of him being on the hot seat, what he does with uh, these uh, last couple of scholarships. Um, he uh, he landed a wing, a 6'6 wing out of Florida, Jonathan Laurent, who's a three-star player. Mm-hmm. Um, probably will, will be – he was not uh, uh, going to be a superstar at least his first year. But uh, he can he can fill a role. He's probably more athletic than Okoro. Okay. So that's kind of a step up there. Now he has two open scholarships left, and he's chasing um, Deshaun Freeman, who's just a really big scoring forward f- at a junior college. Could have mm-hmm. been uh, an All-American.
0: junior Could have gone to St. John's, man.
1: Yeah, Lavin kind of was in on him and then backed off. Then backed and, off, yeah. Yeah, and they're chasing uh, Purvis Ellison's son, Malik Ellison, yeah. a six six guard. Um, he needs to land one of those two guys at least. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, he's in. You know, he's he's not going to have anybody who can score beyond Corey Sanders, the point guard they're bringing in.
0: What about Bishop Daniels?
1: Bishop Daniels is a piece, but I don't think he's a fifteen point per game player. He can't shoot. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's a, so he's tough, another man. slasher. So tough. Yeah,
0: and who do they have up front?
1: Um, they have Greg Lewis, who's still a Mike Rice recruit. He'll be a senior. He's not a big-time scorer, but he's he really developed under Jordan. He's a good defensive player. Um, and they have uh, DJ Foreman, who will be a sophomore.
0: DJ, uh, that's a name. Yeah,
1: um, and he showed some flashes. Uh, he can get to the basket. You know, he can rebound. And then they have two centers. They have Shaquille Dorson, who's a, a really big um you know, project kind of recruit, has good footwork, but um, he needs to develop. Mm -hmm. And a red shirt freshman, Ibrahima Diallo, who Jordan talked up all last preseason practices, saying that if he was eligible, he would be the first guy off the bench. So we'll see. They kind of have a bunch of, like, question marks at wing and shooting guard. Um, They have a bunch of guys coming in, but other than Mike Williams, who I love, um, I I don't who's the know who's a
0: score. Who's a decent score, right?
1: Yeah, he can shoot. Um, he can score. Uh, he he didn't get as much time, in my opinion, as he should have last year. Um, best defensive guard on the team. Um, but Jordan liked to go with his veterans and didn't play his freshman that much. Uh, I think Williams should start over Daniels, and they'll probably start Sanders, who's going to be a high flying point guard. Mm-hmm. But that's still, and then they have Justin Good, who's a three point shooter. Out of Hargrave and Kawan Johnson, who's a wing out of Hargrave coming in. So there's nothing like guaranteed.
0: Yeah, but there's a chance for for Eddie to actually show something. And I, you know, again, I don't know. You know, the it's hot his seat team
1: now. Yeah, it's it, his
0: team. I would say like the hot seat thing is is always a questionable is is a questionable statement because you know there's so many things that go on sometimes. You know, like, for example, we'll talk about Lavin and his seat being kind of, having been kind of hot. And it's not for anything that's above the surface bad. You know, the team went to the tournament. They won 20 games. You know, there are things that you can say are going well. But, you know, you have to, along with having current results, you have to have a sense of the future. And I think you look at Rutgers and it's hard to know what, what that future looks like because they lost how many in a row?
1: They lost 15 in a row to end the season. If they
0: in a row if is... they
1: lose their opener, they tie the longest losing streak in Rutgers history.
0: I mean, losing 15 in a row is that's bad. That's bad for the yeah. Paul. You know, that's it bad is. for that's, that's you just, know, St. John's under Norm Roberts. You can't do that.
1: Right. And if he wins 10 games again next year, I mean, I mean his, his seat's going to be really high. He's going to get some heat. Yeah. I really hope it isn't. He seems like a great guy. He bleeds Scarlet. I mean, everybody saw that video of him breaking down after they beat Wisconsin. You know that that it, 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 I hope, but he has to make a move forward. Yeah. Um. But there is some other good news on the horizon. It seems like all that facility talk, um, has kind of lit a fire under uh, Rutgers administration's butt.
0: Woo! Hot.
1: <laughs> they plan on June second uh, presenting a plan to the Board of Governors and starting to phase in some um, athletic facility upgrades with some interesting funding, too. Um, They have a state senator involved. um, They're trying to find a way to get uh, tax breaks, and they want to build the practice facility. It's kind of unclear to me. Either next to, adjacent to or on top of a parking garage, a parking deck. And then they're going to use the – the parking deck will be open all year long, And they'll be able to use the profits from the deck to help pay off. That's the kind of cool facility. And then there's some talk. Let me see if I can find the article because I don't want to get this wrong of tax breaks or something. I I, I don't really understand it. Are my Uh, taxes
0: going to pay for Rutgers basketball?
1: Right, but it wouldn't be paid by. That's what they're trying to avoid. You know what I mean? It mean, wouldn't be the, the, paid by taxes. And even they're trying to keep from spending from the university and that way. So I mean, it, it's
0: I, I, hear, I hear what you're saying, but, you know, when the idea, the the problem with tax breaks is that, yes, it's not actually taking out from the tax coffers, but it's taking away from those coffers. It's money that could be going into the, the, the tax base to improve the area. So, you know.
1: Right, here it is. The financial terms haven't been determined, but State Senator Raymond Lesniak, who's been an influential figure in the push to upgrade the Rutgers Athletics facilities, said a portion of the total cost for the facilities upgrade could be covered by economic redevelopment and growth tax credits that are available for developing mixed-use parking projects. Interesting. Interesting. So, there's a, so the but legislation – But
0: it's not a public – but it's not a public facility. Well, so, it,
1: it would be a public facility, the parking deck, because there's the business school there, uh-huh. and there's rumors that they want to build like a, a conference set, like they want to turn it into a, a business area too.
0: Oh, fascinating!
1: So it's like it's very complicated, but very fascinating. And I don't want to say anything too much because I, I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just think it needs to be there.
0: So let me let me ask them the side question: Is there does doesn't does Rutgers have like a, a a conference facility in that area or is yeah that something they that they, they,
1: need? they just opened a huge business school oh, um, I don't
0: mean like the business school I mean like a facility for conferences and for meeting spaces and things like that do they have I those? Well, I, I, I was just about to say I oh, think sorry.
1: in that building, um this brand new beautiful building uh there is room for that
0: fascinating that's cool. Yeah. I mean, that's, so. a, that's a it's a great revenue, or I I think it's a great revenue source for universities, and I've been to a number of those places uh, at academic institutions. They're, they're kind of nice, you know, and you can definitely rent them out for all sorts of things, you know? Right, right. So, yeah, that's cool.
1: Yeah, it's it's an interesting idea. I, I hope it works. Uh, we'll know a lot more in June. We're going to have to do a June podcast if uh, the f- specifics of this thing leak out. But the key here is to give Jordan some ammo on the recruiting Uh, trail, because what else does he have to sell? Like we said, he lost 15 in a row to end the season. To end the previous season, he lost the game by 61 to Louisville. Um, I really don't think Kadeem Jack and Miles Mack fit what Jordan wanted to do. I, I think they were really good soldiers, and they clearly led the team this year. But there was some sort of disconnect. I'm just speculating here. It seemed like on the court... In terms of, especially defensively, with yeah. with what he wanted to do. And it's killed him for two years. So you play that, wait till he gets his own team. Well, these two scholarships that are open are key to getting his own team and actually doing some damage.
0: What do you think defensively he does want to do? I think he wants
1: to press, and I think he wants to be long and clog up passing lanes. Okay. I think he's willing to give up the three, which personally I think is a terrible um, strategic choice. And he wants to defend the rim. But I think he wants to turn the opposition over and get out and run. All right. Because when he would sit Mac and Jack last year, he would press, and you did see some um, uh, solid play. But I think uh, Jack Mac was too small to be
0: involved in a press. Yeah. So five, nine, 150, something like that, right? Or five, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Not long armed, you yeah. know, like really good player, but just
0: didn't. A little dude. Dude's like my size, but you know, yeah. muscular. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. So that's that's where Rutgers is. Um, there's some optimism. There's some pessimism. It's 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 all we're it's this off season is going to be very interesting. All right. Very interesting.
0: This all is right. not half bad, and we hope that Rutgers can get out of the completely bad section.
1: <sighs> yeah, I was I I was kind of depra- I I don't like spring to begin with. And watching the uh, the tournament this year, I really felt like the void of uh, no Rutgers once again.
0: No, you you people, you. I gotta say, he you really felt the void. Dave was not a happy camper. Oh, no, no, yeah.
1: <laughs> I was grumpy. It that's was over. Grumpy. My mood is improving. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wanted to send him some cannoli to to to, to cheer him up.
1: <laughs> uh, all right. Anyway, so so that's Rutgers. What are you gonna do?
0: Uh, not watched them. Oh! oh burn. burn! Ow. And with that, the <laughs> not have that podcast has, has decided to break up.
1: Oh, <laughs> right, breaking news, breaking news. My computer just got offered a scholarship by St. John's. I don't really understand why, <laughs> but it did. And it's considering accepting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Running through all the calculations? Yeah, yeah. Oh, seems- well, yes, uh... According to Alex Klein, 2018 SportsU New Jersey wing Louis King has been offered by St. John's.
1: Oh, what a surprise. What yeah, is he like?
0: I know. Four? Four years old? 2018. He's like uh, going to be a freshman. Oh, Jesus. Oh.
1: Hey,
0: there's there's excitement out <laughs> there. At-
1: I picture Chris Mullen standing on top of Madison Square Garden just... Like making it rain with scholarships instead of <laughs> dollars.
0: So, 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 is he doing like the like the like, the, like the, the dollar bill thing where he's like, yeah, 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 with yeah, the yeah. With his, yeah,
1: the hand? You hear that? That's he, he's Oprah.
0: Not, not the Oprah. You get a scholarship. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, oh. So,
1: so, what are your thoughts on the the Mullen hiring? And woohoo! Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, is there? Talk about your after Lavin got fired or whatever, mutual, mutual whatever.
0: The mutually separated.
1: Um, after that happened, there was a time, I'd say from Friday afternoon till about Sunday morning, where every New York columnist was writing Danny Hurley articles. Uh huh. And then Mullen's name kind of started to really gather steam. Right. So during that time, what was your feelings? Like, what was your hope for St. John's and how do you feel now?
0: Okay, so. Hmm. I'm trying to think of a succinct way of putting this. I, fe- I felt that from the things that I'd heard from a number of sources that while there's a lot to recommend there are, or there are things to recommend in Steve Lavin and there was always the hope that he would put together a team for next year. The fact that next year's team looked like four guys who didn't play and a bunch of hopes and dreams was really worrisome right. and when they when that decision came down and St. John's didn't i guess capitulate to his demands or whatever happened mm-hmm. i think that that's a fine decision i think the, the first thing they need to do is decide what they wanted to do they would have been fine either way right and not just in a oh it's just basketball which you know i, I did tell people like let's let's dial it back and remember it's just basketball. You know, let's you know, just enjoy our lives and enjoy what we can. You know, it's a, it's a fine world. Hold on. Mm. But uh when the name started coming out, I'd heard a, lo- a number of those names honestly in the weeks and, and months before as uh, possibilities. You know and so it was let's wait, wait so so yeah, so it was uh it was either Hurley, it was Steve Massiello, right. Chris Mullen's name you know, had bounced around once or twice, but I didn't think that was realistic. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people, you know, fans were all like, Mark Jackson, I'm not sure why. I personally think that in a a number of ways, that seems like an iffy idea. I think he's a guy who wants to be in the pros and a guy who I'm not sure will necessarily relate to all the players, and I'm not sure how well he'll connect to players. He's also, I feel like there's something a little off about him and his relation to some subset of people, you know, like, like he seems to be off putting to somebody mm-hmm. and I'm not sure quite what it is. Also the whole street corner preaching thing was a little weird, but okay. I don't know that story, but okay. Oh yeah. He was, there was just like some video of him, like seriously preaching on a corner in LA. All um, right then. Yeah. He's a, he's, he's a, he's a, a real believer and he is a ordained minister, I believe. It's and, uh, out in California and occasionally we'll talk about his uh, his you know, faith. No, his time with with the Golden State, which Uh-oh. I don't know. I, there's something a little weird and almost like bitter about that, I guess. But I don't know. It's maybe donkey. maybe that's that's also just the practice of of preaching. You know, your sermons have to draw from yourself, anyway. But that's a Mark Jackson diversion,
1: right? Um, right, right. Anyway, so yeah. So sorry. those
0: those four names: the uh, Hurley's, Bobby, who's at Buffalo, or Bobby, was Bobby who was at Buffalo. Danny, who is at Rhode Island, Steve Masiello, who is at Manhattan, and Chris Mullen, who was with uh, Sacramento, were the four names that came up. And I think there were probably a few others that got bounced around. And, yeah, that weekend, you know, it seemed like it was uh, Mullen or A. Hurley. You know, there was always the hope that they would reach out to Bobby, who has been working the state. Bye-bye. but It seemed like they, that the interest was more... Uh, and Danny Hurley, who's been very successful at the University of Rhode Island and also at Wagner University, two places that aren't, you know, great, huge tradition kind of schools. Right.
1: Uh, Danny's interesting because he hasn't gotten to the NCAA's yet, but every place he's been, the trajectory, the trajectory of each season improves. Yeah. Like eight yeah. wins at WAG. It was like eight wins at Wagner, twenty wins, and then it was at Rhode Island, eight wins. Fifteen wins, and then whatever they got this year, twenty. You yeah, know.
0: So. Yeah, they're always, they're always. They're, he's gotten to the point where he's knocking at the door, and he hasn't gotten yeah. through yet. And it was almost, um, to me, if you're trying to hire a guy on the upside, Danny Hurley right now has the best upside story for somebody you want to hire. He hasn't made the NCAA's yet, which you know the 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 less educated out there will be like yeah but he has made the tournament making the tournament isn't a crapshoot exactly but it's not the be-all and end-all in a sense not that you don't want to do it for a high major team but if you're evaluating a coach at a lower at a lower tier in a smaller conference in a one-bid conference or a or three-bid conference you know sometimes you just got to be like hey that guy's good at what he's doing and he's been building and he just hasn't stuck it out to the point where they make the tournament you know because right. you have guys like Steve Palkel at uh, at Stony Brook, who, for the most bizarre ways, has not broken through to make um, to make the NCAA tournament, and that guy's a good coach. It seems. Right. I, right. I think he he deserves a shot at a higher level. Uh, mm-hmm. Will Brown, who has made it through, uh, has definitely gotten some some good interviews. Uh, but nothing like super great because he's at a low level, and it's just to say that if you're evaluating these coaches, you want to see that the work they did, not just you know plots yourself because oh, he made the Sweet Sixteen, which gets people stupid jobs all the time, you know? Right, 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 right. Um, so, hmm, so yeah, so at that at that point, yeah, there you know there there's Hurley. I would be okay with Massiello as long as he. Was allowed to hire uh, a pretty potent staff, mm-hmm. um, but Massiello is definitely a, a fiery guy with a lot less to recommend than uh, Hurley, and some subset of people just found him to be, you know, a liar or something. And I, I don't know that I, that I, I thought that that was such a serious thing—the whole like not quite having the degree thing, whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, And then it quickly turned into, apparently it was Chris Mullen, and not only was it Chris Mullen, but they didn't reach out to Hurley.
1: And how did you feel about that? I'm like your your psychologist here, psychiatrist. Wow. How did you feel?
0: Well, I I felt the more. No, I felt that it's strange to not at least give Hurley a real chance at that job, if he wanted it. I also Mm -hmm. thought that Mullen was a very interesting idea, and the one that I think... Some fans have rightly said, you know, they very few, though, have said that, you know, they worry because you, go, you don't want to take your icon, take him off the pedestal and throw him in the muck and see if he can get out, you know? There's That's, a
1: lot of risk.
0: There's certainly a lot of risk. And personally, I really like Chris Mullen. And I don't mean Aww. like, oh, I like him like because he's a great Hall of Famer. Aww. I mean, like, what? No, I'm just, oh, I mean, you're, oh. you're being sweet. I'm saying like, <laughs> I don't, I'm not... I'm not a huge like you know fanboy kind of type. It's just not. It's never been how I've I've rolled. And growing up, it was probably more Mark Jackson than, than Chris Mullen that got me interested in St. John's. So though I thought Chris Mullen was a great player, right. uh, and I loved watching him play. But I breaking say,
1: news, breaking news: St. John's a- has just offered Ultron a scholarship. Killer <laughs> robot, killer robot, offered a scholarship.
0: Who's who's voicing Ultron?
1: Yeah. Um, I think the um, oh, I forget his name from Blacklist. Spader. Oh, James
0: Spader. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's gonna be funny. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, personally, yeah, I I really like Chris Mullen. We interviewed him uh, for the Rumble a few years ago, and cool. uh, I ran into him actually here. Oh, in, I remember this. Yeah, here in Chicago, I ran into him one morning at Starbucks. Seriously, like no joke. The weirdest thing, and yeah, yeah I was like, well. I was just going to go and get my coffee and be about my way. But I figured I'd, you know, tap him and say hello. And that dude is so, just like he was in, the, in our interview, in our phone interview, he's just the most personable, personable guy. That's really important. And not in a, a you know, Steve Lavin, you know, boulders on your shoulders, kind of like, you're <laughs> like, what are you talking about sort of way. But he's just, you know, he was, you know, a little reticent. He was sort of like, yeah, you know, but then he was like, he not only was okay to chat for a few minutes but he asked questions he's asking about how I ended up in Chicago from New York or talking about how New York has changed I'm like wow this guy's like just real chill mm-hmm. and it's a skill that you see in him publicly that he's not necessarily the most like even in, in his press conference he's not like the biggest like you know hi I'm presenting you know he's not like a TED talk guy or a Or uh, a a uh, even like Rick Pitino in in his best, you know, is kind of like a show, you know, where he's obviously like parrying with reporters. But Mullen just feels kind of real, you know, and he feels like a guy who can be good with everybody and comfortable enough in himself that he doesn't have to. He's not so egotistical that he needs to. I don't know that he that he needs to be buffed in a certain way. You know what I mean? And those skills, I think, make me think make me think that this is an interesting hire. I have no idea what he what he can teach on a basketball level, and I think that's the real worry. That's
1: my i, I I've told you. I think this is a, a not the best hire for St. John's. Mm-hmm. Um, I am really concerned. He's going to be able to recruit. Listen, they're going to hire him a staff, whether they get um slice. And, and X's and O's guys, he's going to have a heck of a staff. My concern is that first time he asks you know, two top players to buy in and the third top player he lands has to take a little more of a backseat and, and has that chemistry problem. How's he going to handle that? How's he going to handle the X's and O's stuff? Those are my big problems, and, and it's not the recruiting. I think he's going to be a fantastic recruiter. But I think that sort of thing tends – unless you are a savvy, savvy college coach, um, that tends to lead to a lot of chemistry problems. And I think we're going to know more about Mullen in December than we know now.
0: Sure. Uh, Yeah, you you, you make a good point. I think that – there are a lot of. I feel like there are a lot of nuances that are that, and and that's going to be the problem. I think that actually knowing what you want on on a basketball court is great, and I'm sure he he has a sense of what he He's thinks the basketball lot of looks like.
1: He said he yes, had a lot. He lot of said books. he had
0: a lot of books. I He's hope old school.
1: He doesn't roll them in on a uh, hand truck before every game. <laughs> actually, I kind of hope he does. <laughs> that would be awesome.
0: I mean, he, so yeah, so he, you know, structuring an offense especially on the college level, I don't know that it has to be, honestly, that difficult. You know, and you don't want it to be overly complex. I think, for example, Greg McDermott, who was at Iowa State before Fred Hoiberg, I think that that was one of his possibly problems, because at at Northern Iowa, McDermott was known as a guy who had just great sets, you know, great X's and O's guy, right? But that on, on that level, on the the, the mid-major level, you can get get guys to say like, okay, you need to run this play this way. You need to these are your options. This, that, and the other. You know that that you can teach them that kind of sequence. On the high-major level, guys have these giant egos, and they'll break plays. And you have to teach them to play a little more intuitively, which, to his credit, is something that Lavin got his teams to do at times. When they were yeah. good, they looked you know like like this year they looked fairly intuitive they shared the ball they had good some good basic principles on offense yeah. and then they had some bad ones like taking long two pointers with a foot on the line yeah i don't know exactly what, what chris mullins going to look like on the court but i do think that you know there's going to be a lot of uh, a learning curve in terms of just the day to day the day to day uh, lesson planning, uh, the discipline, and dealing with college age kids because he's been able to deal with it from a distance but not, you know, right in person. Right. So, I don't know. I mean, I think it, it could be a good hire. They've brought in a junior college player. They've brought in a transfer from Tennessee in Tariq Owens. And they are getting a Federico Mussini to visit uh, tomorrow. So, I, you know, there, there's some strong things happening here. Maybe Shik Diallo... Maybe some players, uh, maybe some of the forwards may... I don't know. We'll see. Good luck. (laughs) Since this is getting long, we are going to move on to our listener questions. We have two, one from Dan Tran and one from Mark Nichols. Our first one um, from Dan Tran. With the poor showing that the Big East teams at the NCAA tournaments... Do you think the conference will expand and add more teams in the future? No. No. <laughs> that's it. You know, I don't think, that's it, no. Yeah, I don't I don't think that, that that helps. I think actually it might hurt. I think if the team the, the league can still get four, five, six teams in every year, at some point they're going to break through and they're going to make it far. You know, they need good performances. They need a team that's maybe a little more fundamental and less shooting oriented than uh, villanova as the standard bearer but a team did make the sweet 16 so you know yeah uh question two from mark nichols um two hypotheticals or actually three one uh if isaiah briscoe committed to st john's in the fall would steve lavin still be coach probably yes
1: yes yes
0: that'd be too much to give <laughs> up sadly two If St. John's defeated San Diego in the first round of the NCAA and got subsequently beaten by Duke, would Steve Lavin remain head coach? Yes. I don't know. No, I don't know that. I don't know that that's I think it depends upon how they played Duke. Eh, I think that there were... The feeling that I got was that he needed to make the Sweet 16 to be Mm -hmm. safe and to get the things that he wanted in his extension at least, you know? And even (laughs) then, he may have just been asking for too much. Right, all
1: right, good point. Okay.
0: So, but yeah, people had told me that, no, they need to make a run, mm. which I thought was fascinating. It's was like, really? Not just making NCAAs? That usually sates people's appetites, you know? Right, right. Even though that's not that hard to do. Yes, uh, it is. 24 years. No one's I'm sorry. I'm group. sorry. It's, a, it's the really hardest hard. thing to do, and it's a great achievement. I can't believe Steve Lavin was fired. <laughs> I think you should go coach Rutgers. <laughs> You don't want that. You don't want that. You don't want that laugh, as they say in Varsity Blues. No, I don't want laughing. Um, and the last question. Want Eddie to succeed. Hmm? I want Eddie to succeed. We do want Eddie to succeed. Seems like a good right. fellow. Third question. Okay. Um, who do you envision uh, Mullen filling out his coaching staff with?
1: Um, uh, let's see here.
0: Mm, Captain America. The Vision. And Grover. And Grover. Yeah. Um I think Mullen will Mullen is supposedly bringing in uh um Barry Morrison aka Slice who's a great recruiter and a former head coach of Manhattan though he didn't do well there. Um and has been an assistant at uh Kentucky for a number of years. You know, that, that might be a good move though you have Abdel Masi to be your lead recruiter guy, but I don't know, maybe you know Slice gets to show his uh basketball acumen. He went to high school with Mullen actually uh, Zavarian. Um, you know, there was talk that book Richardson from Arizona or Ed Pinkney from who's now a Chicago bull, former Villanova player, uh, that they might be considered, but I've been hearing other things. I've been hearing apparently Mitch Richmond's name popping up, um, as an assistant coach possibility. Um, somebody once told me that maybe a, a member of the current staff might be a holdover. Uh, he might know Rico Hines from, uh, from Golden State, so maybe he has a connection to him. Mm. Uh And other than that, I'm not sure. I'm just waiting to hear who the rest of the staff would be. You know, I think a I Slice think and that, Mitch Richmond would be kind of a weird combination, but I don't know. I don't know. What wait, Mitch I Richmond's think they're would waiting be. on
1: Slice to make their big choice to make his decision, right? And then work so it, whether, work around that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. Interesting.
1: They're going to get him a good staff.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think, and I think sometimes it's just about being able to say like. You know, we're going to work hard and we're, we're, uh, you know, we're in the area, and I have a name. I think Chris Mullen can get his way into the door in the New York area. I think Abdel Masi has a really good sense of how to connect with people and has done a really good job everywhere where he's gone at finding talent and identifying good talent. So, you know, and they brought in, uh, the, you know, that Juco forward. They brought in a couple of other players. They're going to have people to interview. So, yeah.
1: Should be a busy offseason. We'll, we'll get together and talk some more.
0: Yeah, maybe we'll actually we'll try to do this next week. Ooh, uh, we'll, see. we'll see. We'll see. Might be tricky. I we'll mean, we'll we'll have to make a list of everybody that St. John's has uh, offered.
1: Oh, uh, breaking news! Breaking news! Chris Mullen just offered my reflection in the mirror
0: scholarship. <laughs>
1: I don't know. Uh, so, but that reflection will not accept. I'll tell you that much.
0: Really? Oh. No, nah, it's not going
1: to make the final five.
0: Oh, I don't know. Your reflection's more of a Monmouth guy, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. All right, so with that, since we are running a little bit long, let, yep. us, uh, let, let us collect ourselves, say a goodbye, and let you know things like um, We Are Not Half Bad, the podcast covering Rutgers and St. John's, that you can send us listener questions at nothalfbadpod at gmail, or at nhbpod on Twitter, or... At Dave White for Rutgers questions. Dave underscore White. Oh, Dave underscore White. Right. Shoot! Yeah. Or at e Coast Bias for St. John's questions.
1: Right. All hey. right. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm
0: Dave.
1: I'm uh, Dave. You can catch me in on the banks. Also, buy my book. Not even past. If you're a Rutgers fan, you'll love it.
0: Mm-hmm. Don't go past it in the oh. checkout aisle. I got uh,
1: nothing.
0: Uh, all right. Yeah. So next week more Justin Bieber.
1: All right. See you later, Norman. See
0: you later.